everyone, this is good old JR Jim Rawson. I want to thank you for downloading the Attitude Era podcast. Folks, comes a time in everyone's career when you got to look over at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash AE podcast. Now, folks, I'll tell you, I've heard about a podcast releasing a t shirt, but a podcast releasing three t shirts, three new t shirts available from the Attitude Era podcast. And that won't get over, brother. Give me a break. First one we're looking at here, a t-shirt which says, this t-shirt exposes the business. Folks, I know a lot of people here are going to go on Twitter and say, oh, JR, out of touch, don't know what it's about anymore. Why WWE fire you? They say, oh, JR, you don't get it anymore. Exposing the business is cool, apparently. Won't get over, brother, unless someone exposes the business. Well, this t-shirt that says that it exposes the business exposes the business. I don't care that's available for $19.99 plus shipping. I don't care that you can get it sent over to the UK or Ireland or any other countries with their amazing shipping policy. Bottom line is, folks... If you're wearing this t-shirt, you might as well be doing a 10-punch spot, exposing the business. And the other two t-shirts they have available now for $19.99, get this. Glagay. What is that? What is that? Terry, Terry Funk, do you know what this is? Oh, I don't know what it is, Jim Ross. I, I figure it's something to do with the way that Jeff Jarrett does a sleeper hold. Well, let me tell you, if you are going to be wearing this t-shirt, you better tighten up that sleeper hold. That's all I'm saying. Why is it anymore that we can't have a match end on a referee's decision following a Gladgate sleeper hold? No rules anymore. I'm just saying, more ways you can end your match. They're all available at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash AE podcast. They're all $19.99 and they all make me sick. Welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast. Bono episode special. And this is the XFL. However, once again, I'm Kevin Mann. Joined in this strange, bizarre hybrid of football and God knows what else by resident American football knows it all on the Attitude Era Podcast, Mr. Billy Peeble. Oh, you're exposing the business by calling me a, calling me a know-it-all. Well, you're you're going to ask me a question in a minute. I, I'm just not going to feel qualified to answer it. Yeah, you know, yes. Last night I sat down and I, I said to someone, "Goes, you know, it takes a lot more than a good idea to start a podcast network. You need friends who don't know things as well." <laughs> and tonight, I find myself in the unenviable position of having to have watched the XFL <laughs> debut game. And have Mr. Billy Keeble attempt to explain American football for us. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite interesting to be on the, the other side of that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the, the proverbial shoes on the other foot now, King. 
Now, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about the XFL, its ins and outs, but Billy is going to be giving a brief overview of the rules of the America football. For those of you at home who have no blues clue how this game is played, and also how the XFL has variants on that. Yes. The XFL was an interesting concept. Many people don't know that Vince McMahon, in the height of the Attitude Era, had the lack of common sense to start his own football league because he wanted to start his own football league. Where was his football? Where was his football? Yeah. Billy, quite frankly, figure skating sucks. He said that the NFL was the no fun league and therefore he wanted the XFL to be the extra fun league. Yeah. Very, very good. It's just, just to to figure out the needs for this. Now, I assumed that Vince McMahon's whole point for setting up a football league was that in maybe 2000, 2001, wrestling's riding high, and I thought maybe NFL and American football's down in the gutter. That wasn't the case. No. Um, <laughs> it was really successful. It was, well, it's, 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 it's had its downturns, but that, that time wasn't really a, a downtime for it. And what was most interesting about it is that the debut game was, I believe, it was either at the end of January or the start of February. Yeah, start of February. Which is yeah. right around the time of the Super Bowl. Really? Because um, the NFL season starts in mid-September, ends in February. Okay. For the Super Bowl. And so they were starting when they They were ended. starting just, just before they ended. So I think what they were trying to do is sort of hang on to the coattails a little bit of the NFL's like... Well, the oh, football you've got fever's the, still in the air. Yeah, like. the football fever's still in the air. Here's, your, here's this brand new product, which is actually, I think, is a very good idea of trying to trying to get something off the ground. You've got all these people excited about the sport. Yeah. Here's this new one. And I think that, it, that was a good idea on Vince's part. I will say, I think that does sound like a good idea in the fact that if the NFL only ran between certain times of year and the rest of that is like training and camp and stuff, I mean... Surely, yeah, there is a demand year-round. Yeah. I mean, where's my football? Is, Where is, is the football? Is literally the driving force here. And you would think that that is a strong enough concept on its own, which is simply provide quality football on while the main season is over just to keep people engaged. Yeah. Which meant that surely the only people who'll be watching are like the real super hardcore fans and yeah. they'll support this new franchise. Didn't work out that way though, folks. No. And sadly, there was more at play to starting up the XFL than Vince McMahon spotting a gap in the market. Um, Vince had been approached by the Canadian Football League to purchase teams. That was something that had been going on for a while. Right. Um, is the Canadian Football League some sort of like international joke or something? I'm not, folks. By the way, I know nothing about football. I'm just asking these wide open questions because I've heard like The Rock, for instance, before he was going to be in the Canadian Football League instead of the NFL. And he was like, oh, they're all, it was going to be shit. Like, I, I'd say the Canadian Football League is it's it's still respectable. Less it's, respectable? Um, I think it's mainly because when people think of American football, they're thinking of, you know, the main league. They're thinking of the NFL. Their team's only from America, yeah. from, from Northern America. And when they win the Super Bowl, they are the world champions. Oh, I which see. Which is a thing I love about American sports. Like, <laughs> only American play, uh, teams are allowed to play. But if you win the like the final, you are the world champion. No other they're, no other continent does that. They're, in they're sport. handing them the world championship trophy. Like unless anyone else wants to come and ruin this special moment for this yeah. footballer. <laughs> but the the Canadian league is is it's still respectable. It's still yeah. it's still love. Like there's a lot of um, people who don't like the NFL. Like for. Uh, 
political reasons and stuff right, like yeah, that. Yeah. And the, they go toward the Canadian League. I see, right, yeah. It's still widely available to watch. So Vince was being courted to buy Canadian Football League teams. And NBC was also thinking about starting their own football league. But the main reason NBC was thinking about starting their own football league was apparently because AOL Time Warner wanted to start their own football league. Well, that's just... And there's at the end of the day, if your reason for starting a football league really boils down to Vince McMahon and NBC saying, we got to do this before Time Warner... Yeah. Well, then something's gone wrong. Yeah, it's the final kick to WCW. and It's kind of like, yeah, like the merger's going on there. They're kind of thinking, okay, you know, time to get ourselves you know, in on the ground floor. So I don't think it necessarily did start off with, like, young Irish Vince McMahon growing up in his trailer going, gosh, I wish I had a star that someday I'd have my own football league, to be sure. <laughs> That's not how it happened, folks. It was... A little bit more cynical and corporate than that. That goddamn Ted Turner wants his own football league. Huh? You want to <laughs> play, pal? You want to dance? Well, it's often been said that the AE podcast stands for the Always Explaining Podcast. <laughs> well, if that's the case, tonight, quite frankly, this will be the XEP. The Extra Explaining <laughs> Podcast. He's a beauty, huh? Now listen to this. One-time only opportunity. If you buy the helmet right now, I'll throw in the entire XFL. That's right. You buy the helmet and you can have the whole damn league. The no fair catch rule? It's yours. The fumble coin toss? Take it. The cameras in the cheerleaders' dressing rooms? Even the cheerleaders? All yours. Hey, you remember the Memphis Maniacs? Of course you don't. That's why you can have all the teams, too. Wouldn't that be nice for someone, say, out here in Los Angeles, where there are no football teams? Now, you'll have eight. And if you order in the next minute, I'll throw in former XFL announcer, Jesse the Body Ventura. You can have him. He's not doing much these days anyway. So call now. I promise you, they don't make them like they used to anymore. Our operators are standing by. People, this is a very good deal. Originally worth $35 million, now only $29. And I'll throw in that running back, he hate me. Remember him? <laughs> of course you don't. That's why all this can be yours. Call now. There's only one XFL. You can be sure of that. The phone lines are open. Okay. You get the XFL helmet, you get the entire XFL, you get Jesse Ventura, you get He Hate Me, and if you call now, I'll throw in this WrestleMania t-shirt. Finally. That's pathetic. I'm very jazzed about going through this now. Can we have a brief overview, Billy, please, of the main rules of football? And I would say last night was the first time I've ever watched an American football game. I did grow up in a rugby school, mm. but I didn't go to rugby football practice. So, um, you know, I, I, I have a, a, a loose knowledge to begin with. But Billy, for the benefit of those at home who don't give a fuck and learning, <laughs> um, do you mind squishing it in for them? Yeah, the, the, the basics. I'm not going to go into, you know, uh, pats and... Whoa there, sportsman. <laughs> You're at the 50-yard line. <laughs> but Because you ain't just watching the game. You in the game. Go ahead, Billy. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go into the basic rules. So the team with the ball um, at the start of the game, this is decided by a coin toss. 
then the winner of the coin toss decides if they want to play offense or defense first. And there's two different teams. I didn't know this. Folks, there's an offensive team and a defensive team. And me and Billy sat down last night with Cantler and worked out that every American football team has 863,000 players. It does, it does. Because you've got the, the defense team, the defense subs, the offense team, the offense subs. I, I will say, Billy, I wouldn't want to be head of catering at a football. That oh. would be, <laughs> that would be, oh I, I would get in a jam. And basically, the, the team on the offensive has four attempts or downs to advance at least 10 yards and then they can score points once they reach or near the opposite end of the field called the end zone. So that's the touchdown when they reach yeah. there. And to get a touchdown, they have to land with the ball themselves in one swoop. They can't yeah. just like, drop the ball, they have to fall with it. Yeah. And that is five points. A touchdown is six points. Okay, touchdown is six points. Five ain't enough, man, I need six. So yeah, um, if they don't get 10 yards in their four attempts, they have to kick the ball to the other team and they have a go and that's called a turnover. So if they don't get far enough within the allotted number of attempts, we switch over then. Yeah. Does that mean then if they don't get 10 yards within their four tries, that the other side is like, aha, and then they have to switch over their teams and bring out their offensive team? Yeah. Wow. That's why like American football is so difficult to watch sometimes. There's I have a lot to, of walking around. I, I have to record it, I can't watch it, I can't watch it live because it's like four and a half hours long mm. because a typical play can last anywhere between 20 seconds if and generous. it can li literally could be five seconds then they have to maybe change a team over have a huddle cut to an advert break oh yeah we minutes. had no ads on our xfl thank fuck but there's so many adverts in american football that it's just really difficult to watch live the love of the game so touchdown is worth six points yeah or kicking uh, the ball through the field goal right uh, that is worth three points okay and after scoring a touchdown, the offence is given one additional play from the two-yard line. Okay. Um, is, that the, is that then their chance to... Because to, normally in football they're meant to try and kick it like a conversion in rugby, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, this is one of the things that the XFL changed. They no longer wanted to do kicks <laughs> after that point. Because that was a guaranteed point. Oh, right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you're kicking from so close... It's so difficult to so miss that. So it's not like in rugby where there is a, a distance to the conversion and where yeah. you've dropped it may impact no. it. And so it can be quite tense in rugby, but maybe not in the NFL. No. So you cannot, they, you could typically, you could either choose to kick the field goal, which is worth one point. Mm -hmm. So if you got a touchdown and a field goal, seven, seven points. Or you can do a two-point conversion, which is where on the two-yard line, you have to try and essentially get those two yards. To get a mini trialing. But it's so difficult to do that. Yeah. Some teams obviously great at it, but two yards is a lot in football. Considering you have four attempts to get ten, you've got one attempt to get two. Yeah. And if you don't get it, you get you get nothing, and that's worth two points. Okay. So you can either get eight points or seven points typically. I see. Once you reach the end zone. Folks, fans of you at home then are wondering the all-important question, which is not just how to understand football, but how to appear intelligent while watching football. I would imagine some sort of, I think they should have done the other thing and not the thing they've done after their, yeah. their touchdown would be a great place to start. Mm. A great place to start. And are those our main rules then as an overall... Uh, yeah, really, because... Um, I mean, I assume there's I was gonna, fouls, penalties... Yeah, da, 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 I, I was, I was going to tell you more rules as we watched the game initially, if you had any questions. But the game that we watched the debut was 
spoiler alert, so boring <laughs> that nothing actually came up that I needed to explain to you. Really. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I, 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 you know, I don't watch, I don't watch sports. I'm in over my head here, folks, in terms of of rules and whatnot. But I will say it was pretty easy to follow. Yeah. Now, whether that should impact on whether you're going to watch any XFL or NFL, I don't know. If, but it wasn't that complicated. But at times as well, the XFL was actually quite good. My, my dad is a big American football fan. He, he's loved it since he was like 18. He used to play for... Um, the Chester Romans, yeah. who once played your t- favourite team, the Glasgow Diamonds. Well, they come from Glasgow. Yeah. They're here to play football. Yeah. Football's their game, you know? The Glasgow boys come downtown. And he, he watched XFL when it, when it came out. And he said, you know, it wasn't all great. But, but, but figure skating sucks. Yeah, but he, but he said there were some games where it was, it was nice to see something a little bit different. Yeah. And some, he was entertained by some of it. And this, my dad is not into pro wrestling or anything yeah, yeah, at all yeah. so he wasn't getting it from that point he was like oh X- NFL season is heading down mm. here's this new one I love football let's give it let's a go and, watching, and he, yeah. did, he did enjoy it for the most part now the idea that of course the XFL was to have somewhat of a marriage of the style of WWF attitude at the time with with football so you see words they use a lot like smash mouth and in your yeah. face and yada 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 what that actually amounted to though wasn't a very very different game in terms of rules. I mean, you mentioned no. one of them there, but maybe a list of kind of technicalities and some stylistic and how it was shot and yeah. how it was presented. But in terms of the core game itself, the main differences were, as you mentioned, them getting rid of the, the, the kicks after yeah. a touchdown. The main, obviously, there's loads of little differences, uh, which is no point going into whatsoever. But the most interest, interesting one I find is, the, main one, is the is the replacing of the coin toss at the start of the game. Now, typically, like I said before, um, choose heads. Each a, te- a member of each team chooses heads or tails. Whoever wins basically gets to say, okay, we're going to play offense, you're going to play defense, or the other way around. You don't have to choose to play offense first. Instead, what they now do is they have to have a foot race to the ball, have a 20-yard foot race, and they just run, try and grab the ball. As fast as they can. And then get possession, and then whoever gets possession first then decides if they want to be offense or defense. You know what that really seems like? It just seems like they're trying to make them fight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they're saying, like, it's the start of the game. Because, I mean, the start of the game, these guys are fucking so jazzed up. Obviously. That's how it's going to be. The jazziness is at the peak at the, the start of the game. And they tell them to fucking run against another lad and catch a fucking ball in front of a screaming fans. They're going to go... Yeah. Well, also, the XFL's first injury infamously resulted from the opening scramble. For fuck's sake! The, it's, it's not safe to start the, off... Uh, uh, the Orlando free safety Hassan Shamsiddin, probably pronouncing that name completely wrong, suffered a separated shoulder prior to the Rage's 33 to 29 season opening win over the Chicago Enforcers. We will mention that game a little bit later. A little bit later. Um, he ended up missing the remainder of the campaign. No. So the the so it was technically even though it aired at the same time as the first game, it was technically the second game. First move of the game this guy writes himself off out of the entire time that the XFL's around Jesus Christ and bearing in mind as well that these guys haven't been paid since November this is January that's an interesting point you bring up so I mean in terms of the rules scramble no kicks after touchdowns is that are those the main ones or are there any other I'd say they're the ones that really affected this game okay now the paying 
Can we maybe talk a bit about that? Yes. Okay. Um, they standardised player salaries. To how, how does it work in the NFL normally then compared to... It's, to they just get paid a footload of money. So you get paid a big load of money. You, you get, get paid for tryouts or for training camps for... Yeah. For all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously they get bonuses and stuff, but the, the way that they did it here would be good if it was if it was a long-lasting... If this had long-lasted, long it probably would have been a good way to pay your athletes. But the fact that it was so short mm. um, left a lot of these guys out of pocket. So quarterbacks were obviously the... Star the, of the, the, team, the star of the team. Yeah. Um, they're the guy who like decides. Well, that's not decide, but relays the info from the coach of yeah. what they're going to do. Yada yada yada. Um, quarterbacks earned five thousand per per week. Kickers earned three thousand five hundred, and all other uniform players earned four thousand five hundred per week. So even if they don't play, even if they're a substitute, they're getting paid. Now. Is that kind of representative then of the NFL and that kickers will be paid less and quarterbacks will be paid more normally, or is there cases of teams where like you've got a star kicker who would actually be paid more than the quarterback? Or... Yeah, typically. Like usually, if you um, ask somebody to name a football player, mm -hmm. more often than not, they will name a quarterback. Right. Okay. Like your Peyton Mannings, your Eli Mannings, your um, Eric Tom Brady, your Eric Cantonals, of course. You know, three lines on a shirt, yeah. your David Bedeals, your... Uh... Um, and then from... They also played on winning. They also got paid on winning. So if you won, you got paid more. Yeah. And that translated as well to if you did certain things in the match itself, you even got more as well. Yeah. Like... Uh, I can't remember. I think Vince says it in the press conference where he said like there was a really hard hitting like tackle, but that guy's getting extra money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like so, players on a win winning team received a bonus of two thousand five hundred for that week, seven thousand five hundred for winning a playoff game. Okay. And the team that won the championship game split one million, which is roughly twenty five thousand per player. I was going to say that million dollars kind of seemed a lot less amazing once you told me that there's a whole other fucking team they have to share it with. Yeah, um, there's roughly um, they they got rid of a large amount of the players that they have in a typical an NFL team. I think there's roughly thirty eight oh, on, on a typical a lot, XFL lot. team. Now, am I right in saying though that even with your bonuses and the fact that you know if you make a big tackle or a good pass or you know uh, a good field goal, you get extra money for all this stuff. Am I right in saying that the average XFL player was making substantially less than the average NFL player? Yes, but I imagine that if this season had been successful, it would have it would have gone up. And also, as well, I'm assuming that the people who were taking part in XFL must have been some sort of NFL castouts. Didn't make the draft. Yeah. Island of Misfit Toys. Am I being yeah. wrong there? Or? No, no, you'd be right. There were, there were even some players who were who left the NFL. Dropouts from OVW. To, to, to come do this. <laughs> they mentioned at one point where is a um, one of the players is from the New York Giants. Jesus. They've left the NFL because Jesus. they think the XFL's great. And they didn't get paid to train in the XFL. No. So they started training and, and getting everything started, creating the teams in November. First game wasn't till January, mid-January. February it was, yeah. And they didn't get paid until that first week of games. 
So these guys, like they mentioned it during the game, these guys have had to leave jobs. These guys leave haven't made ones. sent one since they got here. Like, why would you? Why would you publicize that? Why would you say these guys? You know, they've not been paid, but they're like really not living to their means. Billy Keeble, you got to say these guys out here are going to be are going to be fighting for their lives because they've all had a really shit tight Christmas. They had to tighten the ball hard. Their kids couldn't get the toys they wanted. You know they want to play some football to make up for that. Yeah. Players did not receive any fringe benefits so. and had to pay for their own health insurance. Ah, Vince McMahon there. Uh, yeah, kind of. the, old, the old Vince trick. And if you unionize, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> And also, there was a rule as well that Vince McMahon was allowed to sleep with all the uh, the cheerleaders. Yeah. Quick word on the cheerleaders um, before we get into it. Cheerleaders, I don't want you to be kind of like, oh, these, these people were strippers. But when you look at the cheerleaders from an NFL game and the cheerleaders from an XFL game and then the people that they would use for the hoes and Godfather's routines... I'm just saying... there's very much the same. They're closer to one than they are to the other. Yeah. Whoa, ridiculous. We'll get into more of the two years later, but fucking hell. Vince McMahon, I think he wanted to do this football league so he could have these cheerleaders. Yeah, he gets to pick one every week from each game. Why are you coming to my room? So, the year 2000, Vince McMahon decided to launch this whole thing and NBC and WF fronted 50% of the costs each. Vince McMahon and his longtime good buddy Dick Ebersol decided to get into the football business together. Well, that's okay, Vince, but I'm in the uh, sports entertainment business. So they put the cost together, they put up all the money, they got sweetheart TV deals because, you know, NBC, one of the biggest networks, and Vince McMahon was very much put in as the figurehead. And you saw at this time, probably the first time since the steroid scandal of Vince McMahon really being pushed into American public limelight. Yeah. As in, here's Vince McMahon on HBO Sports, here's Vince McMahon being interviewed in you know, the Wall Street Journal or Playboy magazine. And even on TV, you know, so, Letterman and yeah. stuff like that. Vince was really coming out a lot more. They were using Vince and his reputation as a promoter to kickstart this. And they were saying, don't think of Vince McMahon as the wrestling guy. Think of Vince McMahon as... The businessman. The best promoter, the best Mm. businessman. You know, he has an American dream in his pocket and maybe he'll share it with you and me if we ask him nice enough. So before we get into uh, the debut match of the XFL, I'm just going to tell you the names of the teams. Please. Now, some of these teams sounded like... I'll be honest, they sounded like clans that people would name orcs from like, you know, 12 or 11 year old kids who didn't really know their Warhammer. Or you know? or um, energy drinks. Or energy drinks. So uh, I'm going to go into teams and I'm going to go to a new story. Um, so uh, the teams that we have, the Orlando Rage. Complete and Orlando Rage. The Chicago Enforcers. <laughs> The New York, New Jersey Hitmen, who we will be talking about today in our debut game. The New York, New Jersey Hitman Heart. The Birmingham Thunderbolts. Thunder... Birmingham Thunderbolts? Yeah. Thunderbolts? I don't know, mate. Thunderbolts. They sound like a, an action-adventure sci-fi duo from the 40s or 50s. They do. The Los Angeles Extreme. Not EX, just the X. Is the X in XFL doesn't stand for extreme, by the way, folks. I checked that up. Oh, does it not? It doesn't stand for anything. It's like the X in NXT. 
Brian. Yeah, people assumed it stood for the extreme football league, but apparently someone already was using that as like oh, right. something else, so it doesn't stand for extreme. Right. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco Demons. <laughs> the and then, of course, the uh, alternate version then, which is corporate San Francisco, who yeah. nothing, knows nothing what to do with San Francisco no. Demons. The Memphis Maniacs. That's Maniacs with an X again. Uh, get away with your X! You can have a CS. It's allowed. And uh, finally, the other team in our debut match, the Las Vegas Outlaws. Again, um, most of these you could think of being tag teams. Oh yeah, absolutely. King, they call themselves the Maniacs, and they ain't got time to use a C and an S. <laughs> right, and so a piece of news. This this is from an article on ESPN. This was uh, this came this happened a month before the first game. And I I've heard rumors that this was apropos of nothing. Yeah, a blimp. Emblazoned with the XFL logo, came crashing down into an Oakland waterfront restaurant after its two-man crew was forced to evacuate. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, Vince. The wayward blimp meandered for 20 minutes after the two men jumped to safety around 10 past 1 in the p.m. Tuesday, according to Oakland Airport spokeswoman Cindy Johnson, the pilots sustained minor injuries. The pilot attempted an emergency landing at the airport, but he and a student pilot, the only two on board, were forced to jump from the gondola because they could not control the blimp, Johnson said. Jesus. A landing crew was not able to tie it down. Was this a full, sh- a full shoot blimp? Like? Not like a mini blimp at the start of WrestleMania 14? No, like. this was a driven blimp. Jesus. The unattended blimp then floated five miles north over the Oakland estuary, at one point reaching 1,600 feet, until its gondola caught on a sailboat mast in the Central Basin Marina. It draped over the roof of the Oyster Reef restaurant, next to where the boat was moored, and a nearby power line. Did the, anyone get hurt? One of the Other pilots, than the pilots pilot, getting injured? No. The pilot was taken to Highland Hospital in Oakland, where he was listed in stable condition, uh, said Jim Dev- Devitt, the associate hospital administrator. The student pilot followed the blimp on the ground and was treated and released by an ambulance at the marina. Their names have not been released. No one on the ground was hurt. The blimp, which bore advertising, ego was hurt a yeah. lot, though. I the blimp, which bore advertising for Spalding and the XFL, sustained about 2.5 million in damage. Johnson uh, Johnson said the restaurant and sailboat are being inspected, but a spokeswoman for the Oakland Fire Department said damage was minimal. Authorities from the National Transportation Safety Board and the Federal Aviation Administration are investigating what went wrong. There could have been a number of reasons, Grant Murray, spokesman of the blimp owner Airship USA, told reporters. An airship moves with great mass and it's very difficult to control it. The XFL Football League, the creation of World Wrestling Federation head Vince McMahon, is set to start early next month. So it's not started yet and they've lost 2.5 million on a crash blimp. Now... I'm not sure how many business ventures. Even I mean, I'm the most skeptical man you, you can find in these with these things. But even I would have to admit, if you're starting a business venture and something that closely mirrors, at least visually, a Hindenburg type yeah. disaster, it's should, not going to bode well. You know, not many people are kind of going. You know, even though we had that like Titanic-like scare before we mm. started our business venture, it still went really well. It's still good. It's, it's still, still good. good. It's fine. You know. <laughs> I think that was the the football gods telling Vince McMahon to save his please money. Please stop, yeah. Please stop, Vince. And please shut down WWF New York while you're at it. So, we're going to watch our debut football match for the XFL. It is the New York Hitmen. Ooh, taking on the Las Vegas Outlaws. And this was taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada, in front of what can only be described as a rabbit 
a very large paying audience. Yeah, it was actually quite impressive for a debut game, and it's cold. It's yeah, it's cold. It's Nevada and it's nighttime. That shit gets cold. February in the desert at nighttime. I you know. I, I wouldn't want to be there myself. They they always had good attendance, apparently, yeah. right till the end. Yeah. And that's something which you have to say. I mean, Vince McMahon will probably consider himself, first and foremost, a live promoter. And he yeah. was able to get people in those stadiums. Stadiums were full. The couches at home were not. Yeah. maybe That, that was, was the, the problem. That was the, the main problem. Yeah. So we get a flashing montage of keywords, which we have to remember yeah. for this uh, <laughs> XFL lesson. Smash Mouth. Controversy. Paid more to score. When I'm thinking about that paid more to score thing you mentioned, straight away I'm thinking this is just designed to hemorrhage money. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no way. Like I said before, if if this, if this the XFL could have sustained a few seasons, which was like it was originally going to, but originally it was signed on for about, I think it was three or four seasons, that they did and it was cancelled halfway through its first. Yeah. If... If they managed to sustain that, I think it would have started making money. It but just seems like they're designing with a startup. It's designing themselves to fail. If on a given any yeah. given night, yeah. you could probably end up spending way more because. And again, I I keep hearing rumblings from people that the st- the standard of play wasn't high enough for this to work, which meant that you either had very high scoring or very low scoring games, yeah. where either one team was just kind of dominating dominating or the other team was just like you know it was a stalemate yeah you know if you smell what the rock is cooking the rock says he's all psyched about the xfl oh wait a minute the rock is in psyched. he's pumped about the xfl no 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 the rock isn't pumped the rock is geeked about the xfl yeah that's it the rock is geeked oh wait a minute the rock was geeked last week so the rock can't be geeked now the Rock is more than that. The Rock says he's cranked about the XFL. As a matter of fact, The Rock is just like everybody else in America. We're all psyched, punk, geeked, and cranked. So to all the coaches in the XFL, to all the players in the XFL, and on behalf of the fans in the XFL, The Rock simply says, just bring it. Just bring it. So it's a football game. We're launching a new football brand, new football ideology, Trying to retrain what people think about football, about how football is going to be on a different time of year, different rules, different standards, different types of football. Football. Uh, football is, so why is The Rock? Why yeah. is The Rock? Yeah. Why is The Rock? Especially as in like all the press conferences, that like they keep saying, we don't want to be known as the WWF. Yeah. We want this to be completely separate to that. And um, The Rock's not going to be the only wrestler we're going to see tonight. The Rock is the first thing you see. You see. Yeah. The Rock, of course, he'll be taking on Kurt Angle at No Way Out like yeah. a week or two after this. And The Rock is just there pouting, and he just cuts a promo. It's so insincere as well. I'm psyched. I'm pumped. I'm geeked. I'm jazzed. I'm cranked. I'm proper excited. Yeah, it's just not Stop. good. It didn't need to be there at all. And you know what made it even worse? was that they, you had this like zoom in on The Rock here in this little studio, kind of going, right, The Rock says he needs to you know, go get lunch, so can I make this quick, please? Yeah. And then it zooms out, and you see like, all 50,000 people in the audience are all just sat there watching him on the time trial. Like, oh, the Rock is just like, I don't like seeing so many people looking at a man who's clearly so bored. Yeah. <laughs> and I do believe, because I remember when I was... You know, I was a kid and the XFL ads were, were showing. 
on WBTV, even though they tried to cut them out a lot of the time mm. on Sky, they, some of it would still leak through. Um, I remember just thinking, oh, it's going to be football, but with fighting. I thought it was going to be like Blood Bowl from Warhammer no, or something not. like that. It's, it's not Roller Wars. And that, but that's their own fault. They keep saying, you know, in the press conferences and interviews, yeah. oh, we want to disassociate ourselves from WWF. But during WWF, okay, you've got Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler kind of going, whoa, that was an XFL-like tackle, or you'd see that kind of thing in the yeah. XFL. They're saying we're going to make wrestling and football have a baby. Yeah. And this is not that baby. Yeah. Plus all the adverts with the cheerleaders. Yes. Where they're really trying to sell the cheerleaders, which they do almost immediately as this starts. Yeah, oh, the, the, the promo package has got like it's more cheerleaders, more cheerleaders than, football. than football. The Rock on the tight trot in front of thousands turns to them and just says, just bring it. Bring what? Yeah. Enthusiasm for an opening football match? Yeah. I mean, what? The, but in fairness, the crowd have brought that. They are ravaged. The crowd are so into this. They've already got all their merch. I don't know if that's because, you know, it's in Las Vegas. Hand the, the, home, the home guys... So they've gone out and said, oh, I'm going to buy the XFL shirt. Or if like, Vince has just had someone hand the shirts out, so when it cuts to the pans through the audience, you've got a load of XFL Las Vegas Outlaws t-shirts. And you know, everyone's got signs and shit like that as well. Mm. And you know, even as the game gets a little bit later on and the enthusiasm maybe wanes, they're still... They're still... Choppers people dressed up in the colour scheme and face paint of a three-month-old football franchise. Yeah. So, hey, not so bad, I we, guess. We, uh, we get a sign immediately which just says XFL, real football. Yeah, it's no. not, though. It's not, is it? That's the point of the XFL, no, no. but it's it's not football. It's something else. No, that's what NFL stands for, the not football league. <laughs> They've been pulling the wool over eyes for long enough. It opens up and the pitch explodes in pyro. Yeah. Like a hellscape. It's WrestleMania. they got rid of when the belts were tightened in like 2009 2010 was pyro yeah because you know at the start of raw when i when we watched the edge there it's you know the the pyro for ages hype people up but you're talking about 100 grand of pyro yeah now on a small indoor arena 
I mean, relatively small, 10,000, 20,000 people. Can you imagine if that's around 100 grand, the cost for an entire legitimate football stadium yeah. to cover every square inch of the green? How many yards is a football? 100 yards. 100 yards of non-stop pyro. That is fucking lots. Yeah. And the crowd get hyped up, but hemorrhaging money right yeah. there. And amidst the explosions and the pyro, who fucking marches out to a rupturous applause like a North Korean dictator, Vince McMahon himself? He looks like such a bellend. Just he, coming out with that he's, swagger. His big fucking he's doing XFL the Vince McMahon walk, you bomber know. jacket. I want an XFL bomber jacket. Just so around much. the house, like. Just around the house, <laughs> like walking around, like you wish he was coming out to no chance. Yeah. Like, I would have been really happy if he actually came out to no chance. Vince McMahon, he's it is outside because it's winter. Noel's house party jacket. Yeah. That's what I reckon he had. The big Vince McMahon walk, and then of course the infamous big. Vince McMahon speech. This is the XFL. And he's explaining what's going on. He's like, thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the honor. Thank you for the power in this arena. He's, he's like talking like he's at, all due respect, but Vince McMahon is talking like he's at the funeral of like servicemen and service women when he's mm. talking about passion yeah. and desire and sacrifice and the cameras spinning around him nonstop. Mm. I, I likened his voice and cadence to the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> it's, like, it, it does sound like he's about to, you know, bring out the Yeti. Comes out, Sullivan, my son, <laughs> the XFL, the white Bengal tiger. <laughs> and then a giant football player comes out. My power is greater than the power of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been here before. <sighs> it's not competitive. <laughs> Vince talks about how they have unprecedented access. An all-access pass, he says. Yeah, they, they can go into the locker room and see what the, the coaches are talk, telling the team to do. Which is bad, like... The other team can clearly just watch that. Say, so we're going to do this. Oh, all right, then. But we're going to ban TVs. Yeah. And then they've got cameras so they can not just see the uh, the cheerleaders when uh, on the pitch. They have, like, little rolling things. Yeah, they follow the, the cheerleaders all around the entire night. Yeah. So he's saying all-access pass. He's taking us to places where those other football leagues... Jeez, like which one's the NFL? <laughs> like, to the point where they're even, in, even interviewing the coaches with a loud microphone so the entire stadium can hear during the game, which it's, is really weird to do. That's not NFL, then? No. Okay, because... They'll interview them after the game or before the game. They'll, they'll never, like, have a microphone go out to a coach and just say, what do you think so far? During play. They will never do that. I was going to say, some of the um, instances of our roving reporters asking for comments from coaches... Doesn't end particularly well. Well, the, the New York, New Jersey coach trips over. God, jeez. It's like, well, it one of the first times we see him, he trips over his own feet. The high production values go kind of out the window when the first team gets introduced. And you go from Vincent Mann, who's bathed in an aura of fireworks and, mm. and the golden glow of this audience, over to a shitty mesh curtain 
where the Las Vegas outlaws appear with all the impact and sway of fucking putty patrol. Yeah. With their ill-fitting uniforms still coming. Fucking. They're getting cheered though because they're the hometown boys. Most of them aren't from Las Vegas. That's the th- that's a thing with NFL though. The how are they you hometown pe- boys? You, well, it's the team. Like you look at any you look at any NFL team. Like most of the players don't come from the area that they play for because they all get picked up from colleges and stuff are you telling me that Fieri Henry is not part of Manchester through and through no for fuck's <laughs> sake the New York Hitmen come out who are clearly working heel yeah, tonight yeah they're working heel tonight they come out those damn northies those goddamn Yankee sons of bitches the players the shapes and sizes I was quite alarmed by some of them were what can only be described as Vader-esque yeah. Now, my initial always theory is, is is that all football players are just big size, big shoulders. No. But have we got big and small, or like we got big and small? Like your defensive team will typically be big guys because you're trying to stop yeah anything from moving. Um, your offensive team they'll have some because you have your offensive tackle as well to protect the, the kickers and yeah. and all that. So they'll have the the front line will be big bigger guys. Quarterbacks typically smaller. Yeah. Um, they'll still be t- uh, tall or big, but considering they're all about throwing and not much else, or kick it, throwing yeah, and kicking, yeah. don't really have to do much. Because I'll, I'll be honest, the the big lads when they came out, and I was like, Jesus, fucking like Rusev over there, serious, like hosses are coming out. Mm. I'm kind of, you know what I'd like to do instead of the hundred yard s- scramble, I want you to get the two biggest motherfuckers in either team, yeah. the two heaviest sons of bitches, have them run full force into each other, <laughs> and then whoever falls over first loses. <laughs> that would be better. I would love that. We cut to ring. I was gonna say ringside. We cut to pitch side with our announcers for this evening, some random Tony Jabroni, yeah, and then I don't know who Governor is. Jesse Ventura, who gets psyched up and fired up about sacrifice. Absolutely, Matt. It's the players, and let me talk about the players for a moment and the sacrifices they have had to make to play the game that they love. Many of them left jobs, they left loved ones, and they put it all on the line because practice started in November. They got paid not one nickel to go through these practices to arrive here tonight. They put it all on the line. Now, tonight they will get paid. But the thing I love about the XFL is the heart and soul that these players show for the love of the game of playing football and the opportunity of continuing to play the game they love here in the XFL. These people haven't been paid since they got here. They've had to pay to be here. They've left jobs. They've left wives. They've had to forego relationships with loved ones. Is it football or World War II? They properly keep making a point of the fact that these... The guys, sacrifice. The sacrifices these guys made. And there's, I think, two ways about it. Yeah, that's good. That's kind of good. Because that'll kind of get people more invested in the game. Like, these guys have got so much on the line. This is going to be, like, an absolute war here. So they're going to have to... Like, play harder, make more... Like, it's kind of... This is going to sound awful, but it's kind of like that gimmick rule for that match in TNA, the Monsters Ball, where they went to keep them in a room and keep them... Like, they're not allowed to have any food. So mm. they come out and they're all surly because they haven't had any snacks. Yeah. Uh, it's like that. They're kind of... They're keeping the money away from them. Yeah. So when they come out into a money-filled environment, they're going to start trying to make money by doing tackles. Spoiler alert. That doesn't happen in this game. What does happen in this game as a result of that is I think everyone gets a little bit over-eager and everyone tries to, like... You get so many false starts and yeah. shit like that as a result, you know? 
So, Jesse Ventura really goes hell for leather here with his big fucking sacrifice thing. And mm. Him and Vince McMahon, it seems it's like a religion to them almost when they're talking about the sacrifice of like, the courage. Thank you for the honor, for the privilege, for the duty, for doing what is right for this country and playing football when it's cold. We cut then down to one of our roving reporters. Who is it? Why, it's former Raw General Manager and WWE Correspondent Mike Adamley, the host of American Gladiators and possibly the worst television announcer WWE has ever, 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 <laughs> ever had. And fucking hell, that's like, some. is this symbolic? Yeah. Let's cut to the guy who fucks up everything he's touched. And there he is, Mike Adamley. He's, he's all right. He doesn't he fuck doesn't up here. He's just there to really introduce the man with the name that uh, you and Joe, when we were watching this, laughed so hard at. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, I've not laughed this hard at a name since Michael Horse in Twin Peaks. <laughs> but we're introduced to the Hall of Famer to describe the rules of the starting off instead of the coin toss, Dick Buttkiss. Yeah. Now, what a name. Can I break that down for you, why that's funny? Dick is like a willy, which yeah. is always funny, okay? Butt is like a yeah. bum, right? Yeah. Which is where you do trumps out yeah. and slayers. Butt kiss, doing a kiss on yeah. a bum. Yeah. So what I imagine there, right? Is Willie's doing a bum kiss. Which is a willy kissing a bum, which yeah. is even funnier because it's, it's almost got a like, lipstick on. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like now, imagine when Willie Regal had to kiss this man's ass. Yeah. If it was a willy dressed up as as William Regal yeah. with like a little toupee on, oh, it's what I deserved because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a willy. You know, it, it's just. And I, I really thought that was like really funny, and I will say that that might be one of the reasons I might get into American football. Just for funny names. For so, funny names. Yeah. Oh, you get. There's lots of like funny name like uh, Gronkowski. Who's, <laughs> Gronkowski's Gronkowski. Is, uh, he's called the Gronk. The Gronk. What they what they call him. He's he's seen a lot of uh, NXT uh, shows. Oh really? He's, uh, he's good friends of Mojo. Um. So I assume Dick Buttkiss is going to have to discuss these rules with his colleague. Boob nut stroke. <laughs> For fuck's sake. But what I like most about this is that uh, our boy Chili Willy, Dick Buttkiss, he explains the foot race that's going to, you know, take yeah. place at the coin toss. And he comes out and he's like, you know, folks, usually in the NFL, they flip a coin to the side. And was like, Ooh, we've had enough of that coin's reign of terror. It's time for a change. Time for, time for a foot race. We've had enough of the what you flipped, what you've called, you know. People not happy about the coin, very happy about the idea of there being a foot race. And I very much like the foot race, mainly because it turned the opening gambit of this into a cross between gladiators, because the referee had a white hat and yep. a whistle, but also a broken skull ranch because you had two big men who were mm. probably a little bit too excited, running very fast. Yeah, for, for only 20 yards, which is difficult to do. Trying to catch a ball, that's, that is difficult. Mm. And they, they they stumble around, but uh, Las Vegas Outlaws get a possession of the ball. And yeah. They're going offensive then to the They side. decide to go offensive. Okay. And because that is the first thing that's... We're about like 20 minutes in at this, point, this yeah. moment. They decide, oh, the, the Outlaws won, won the coin toss, even though it's not a coin toss. Let's have the cheerleaders come out. The Las Vegas Outlaw Cheerleaders. Okay, they're basically Nitro Girls. Um, WCW just had random girls come out in, yeah. in costumes to do a dance. This is what that seems to be. Also, I don't know if it's because they've been given uniforms which are too small, which seems very likely, or if it is just the design of them in general. But each of these women has a... Like, it really accentuates the camel toe. 
I like, think that's it's, a Vince McMahon. It's, it's really like uncomfortably noticeable. These cheerleaders look like they've been drawn by Robert Crumb. Let's just put it yeah. like that. Like, uh, but I remember we cut over to another game at one point, and he said, "See the other cheerleaders who had a similar problem." Yes. So I do believe. I mean. I mean, I don't know what NFL cheerleaders um, look like typically. I know it's not conservative at all. I do no. know that it's very much because like, I've seen I've seen NBA cheerleaders yeah. like on, on on different shows and stuff like that. So I do know that them wearing less clothes is not like a that's like it's not a thing. But the dancing, the type of dance and whatnot, they're yeah. not doing choreographed cool flips and moves. They are just going woo. And but shaking like, and, their and, stuff and, around, and the song that they're um, dancing to as well, which I can't even remember what it's called, but it was just, it was like I oh. like girls or something yeah. like that was the name. Touch of the song. my body, baby, kind yeah. of you know. It's a real sexy song. Yeah, you can imagine Vincent Man with in front of all the cheerleaders like doing the dances, no, and then you really want to stick your chest out like this. Yeah. I can imagine him like uh, doing the choreography. You know, he stood in front of like a mirrored wall with all the girls behind him. <laughs> with a step two, three, four. God damn it! I said step, pause, pivot, pause, turn. <laughs> Pearl pause, not step pause, people pause, pivot, pause, pause. You son of a bitch. Backstage, we see the Las Vegas Outlaws coach, then the New York, New Jersey hitman coach, a man who had an amazing name and a short temper, so I grew to love him, Rusty Tillman. Now, was he the guy who looked like he could have been from The Sopranos? Yeah, no, no, that. That was that the Outlaws guy. The Outlaws coach looked connected in the fact yeah. that he wore a long coat, he said nothing the whole night, and he had his arms folded, and they knew better than to talk to him. Yeah. Rusty Tillman looked like he was trying to manage an unsuccessful Benny Hanna or something, yeah. in that he was a stressed out manager who had loads of bits of paper, he was sweating, and yeah. he didn't want to be bothered. Yeah, he looks a bit like Michael Chiklis as well. But the idea of them putting in the camera because they wanted to catch some sort of any given Sunday emotional yeah. speech from the coach kind of goes out the window when they cut in there. And first thing you see is the eyes of the coach going to the camera going, oh, shit. Um, all right, guys, um, it's a big match. <laughs> and remember what? We've been training lots. All right, I'm, I'm proud of you all. <laughs> and don't forget that we're not doing a coin toss this time, okay? You have to run. Boring men and rusty trips when he's coming yeah. out. Fucking hell. And they bring up the graphic for the pay-for-play thing where they've got a royalty-free version of Pink Floyd's money. Yeah. You'll make a lot of money if you make it past... Now, I'm going to ask you right off the bat, Billy, seeing as they keep emphasizing and keep going on about it, is the play more Smash Mouth? I'll be honest, I don't even know what that means. Physical. Is there more tackles... Is there more? Are they more in your face? Is it more aggressive? In this game, I'd probably say no. I'd say this game was um, had more to, more in common with just a bad NFL game. Right. Um, there were moments where um, the players would square up to each other. That happens every now and then. But um, it very much seemed like instead of in the NFL when guys square up to um, square up to each other, it's really quite emotive. It's like they've not been told to do that. They're just they're so they're so pissed off. They're so passionate about what they're doing. They're just getting annoyed at each other. While these these guys very much look like if you get any chance, square up to the team, show you know, off, show off, and like show and you know you can try and tell, call something. You can tell that all of these players got some sort of now we're not telling you what to do 
but it's probably in your interest to show some character, yeah. get in the camera's face, because there are, as you said, there are guys, not everyone, but there are guys on the two on both of these teams who very much look like they're here to A, establish a brand, yeah. and B, kind of stand out to be kind of like an answer to Trivial Pursuit, maybe even get into the WWF. Especially with the names on the back of the shirts. Yeah, there's some guy who's got He Hate Me on the back yeah. of his shirt. Now, I think that guy's looking for attention. Yeah. There's some, there's like half the guys have their surnames on them. Yeah. And then there's half the guys who have like gimmick names. And they look like they're really trying to like be like, we're going to push these guys. Like, yeah. the Hurricane is another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, which, well, that's NFL quarterback John Hurricane. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's. <laughs> well, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very much this is evident when before the, the play starts, you have the outlaw offensive team all cut promos. Quarterback. DCS is a sham, University of Miami national champs. Todd Floyd, wide receiver, welcome to the city that really never sleeps. That, that used to be standard where they do it in the field. Nowadays, they'll cut to, like, they've recorded the guys in the back. They do a And they, they do, like, a talking head. So, right. saying, so they'll just say, oh, this is my name. I, I play this position. I came from this university. And that's it. These guys cut a, a bit of a promo each time. Some of these guys are kind of like, yo, Washington State, where my dog's at? Represent. You know, they're kind of, oh, shit, he's got a catchphrase and everything. Then there's guys who, like, they could throw the camera on them and they go, I'm from Basin City. <laughs> or my favourite one, Happy Birthday, David. <laughs> some of the guys seem so quiet and not yeah. jazzed. And then some of the guys are like grabbing the camera going, Fuck yeah! yeah. Football! Well, the ca- at one point, the camera tries to move on and the guy grabs the camera back because he hasn't finished. And he's like, hang on a second, let me finish, you know? I want to thank my wife. I love you. You can bleed me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse on commentary makes a big point to say there is no sliding in the XFL. Is he like designed some sort of non-stick uniform or, or what, what's going on? I just don't know anymore. Like it's they're using phrases and terminology which just don't make sense to me. Yeah, they're they're, they're changing the words around and there's no sliding. I just don't know what that means. The lad on commentary with Jesse has got shades of late '98 Cole, which is enthusiastic, ill-informed, and misspoken. Yeah. And what he's upsetting is that Jesse he's done this before. He did this in WCW, but um, when he feels like he's not zinging with the guy, he just shuts up. Shuts up. And Je- Jesse doesn't like by the second quarter. Doesn't really quarter, contribute. 
he's kind of shut up really and yeah. he's kind of like well fine I'm not talking then he, he does say at one point that he loves intrusiveness I love intrusiveness which is a lie isn't it it's because not, he lives he, off the grid in the middle of the desert he, he, kind he of, hates intrusiveness some would say that he thinks the government's intrusiveness has destroyed the country yeah uh, but whatever he's, sell, he's selling out right there you really can tell the cut of someone when they're commentating on an XFL football game that's when they yeah. really, that's when the cards are really down yeah. you know the mask slipped Mr. Ventura the cheerleader chats strategy so we have all this play I'll be honest the first the first three or four plays I was like because they kept stopping and there was no there was no play more or less like they'd move like a yard then it would go to you know second and nine and and then there'd be like three minutes you said it was false starts you've ever false starts so, so people are hitting the quarterback before he throws the ball or, or they're just before before anything's even happened the team on defense so the um, the hitmen are just moving before the play is officially actually started now my immediate thing was the fact that there's so many false starts on that I'm like does that mean it's a low caliber play these are un, unrefined untrained rookies or and it, it could be you still get it you still get it you still get false starts every now and then yeah, yeah. in the NFL because you mentioned like even in the Super Bowl you can sometimes yeah. get like a, a false start it just happens sometimes you get caught up in the moment and you just you know you f- you think that the referee is about to blow the whistle and he doesn't and you just you it's just, just embarrassing move. for the debut game that like the first 10 yeah. minutes of play are really taken up by this we then get in between plays constant fucking backstage interviews updates Going everywhere. Yeah. We get an innuendo-laden promo with the cheerleader who's talking with the Las Vegas um, the Las Vegas outlaws. So I'm going to keep calling the Las Vegas hitmen by mistake, but with the quarterback. And you had to slow it down and rewind it for me so I could get some of the innuendo. Yeah. Quarterback Ryan Clement knows how to score. Especially against an eight-man front. When the free safety slides over, my receiver gets a nice free release, which causes the defense to collapse, therefore allowing us to penetrate for the touchdown. Well, you did do an innuendo-laden strategy, but the strategy was sound. The stra- from what I could gather, the strategy was sound, and it was just gonna, it was just more or less, we're just gonna keep attacking their defense, and we're just gonna keep going and going and going. Something because considering the end score of this match, they don't do. Right, yeah, because I was going to say, uh, the phrase, my receiver gets a nice free release, and the cheerleader kind of like nods suggestively yeah. at you. Now, I'm going to ask you this, as a, as an NFL you know, aficionado and the, the football expert for that Shira podcast, is he going to come on the ball? Yes, absolutely. This is a New England Patriots uh, technique of cheating, where yeah. Tom Brady will, uh, he will ejaculate onto the ball to make it slippery when yeah. he's... Because he recently got uh, a fine because he he was deflating balls, so <laughs> so he was throwing throwing balls. So you wouldn't know how much they how they felt, but the opposing team wouldn't. Now Billy Keeble and Kevin Mann Jr. here in the Sports Center. Now Billy, I gotta think that if he is coming on this ball and he throws it, it's gonna have a two prong approach. Number one, some people will simply be put off the fact that a man's semen is on the ball. Number two, those who manage to overcome that aversion to male ejaculates will in fact have a very sticky, sometimes slippy ball. And in that cold condition, Billy, as it goes on, it's going to stick and it's going to make a film appear on their hands. Oh, you don't want frozen cum on your gloves, You just don't, and that's why the XFL failed. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I put it down to that. I blamed too much cum on the ball. (laughs) 
Play continues to be very short, staggered, and penalties out the wazoo as well. Yeah. There was a lot of fouls, but not the kind of fouls I think Vince was looking for. Vince was looking for guys beating each other up yeah. with fouls, not guys accidentally dropping the ball. Like, yeah, or knocking into each other by accident. It was. It all seemed like... It's, there was some stuff in it which I wouldn't even, like, if I was a referee, I wouldn't even give it a foul. Yeah. wouldn't even give it a penalty. I think it's just Vince has told, like, the refs, it'll be more it's exciting shit, like. if we have a lot of penalties in here. And Vince, so they, uh, they really do give penalties for more or less nothing. And it, no one seems to contest it either, which mm. is something you can do in the NFL. You can contest the penalty. It doesn't seem to be the case and here. It doesn't seem to be the case here. Camera work is noted often in the XFL as being quite different to the NFL and they innovated some things. I did like there were some kind of crane shots and it was that really was, cool. That was, if I'm correct, that is something that the NFL didn't really do. Yeah. Is the crane shots and, you know, having the, the camera on the rope but it would swing around and move really quickly. That is something the NFL didn't really do at the time. Oh. That is something the NFL now do. Oh. Um, so I, I, I think that perhaps they had a look at the XFL and said, this is shit, but that is actually that is an, that is an alright idea. Vince claimed that because the NFL nicked some of his um, ideas for production, that, that means the XFL was a success. Yes. I, I don't think that's maybe your bad idea had a good idea in yeah. it. I don't think that means it was a success. The players seem very keen to take penalties, mainly because they get a chance to start talking junk to the yeah. camera, as the uh, as the announcer calls it. Las Vegas get a field goal after a failed touchdown attempt. Lots and lots and lots of more interviews with annoyed coaches and increasingly frustrated players. It seems very intrusive, quite like NXT Season 1. Yeah. Kind of like Matt Stryker goes right up to Rusty Tillman, basically, sticks on microphone in his face. Like, well, you didn't get that touchdown there. What, how are you going to be a WWE superstar? <laughs> You've not made it in the WWE, Daniel Tillman, so how yeah. are you going to get a touchdown? So we get a switch out of the teams because the Las Vegas Outlaws didn't get their touchdown in their number of attempts. They, they got a field goal. They got a field goal. And then it switched to the uh, the New York Jersey Hitmen. So, so they got swapped, swapped and then they failed, their, they failed to get 10 yards. Yeah. Audio difficulties and charisma problems when the uh, teams are switching out. 38 lions on a shirt. Some lads are so clearly not into this characterization, no. particularly that was with the defensive team when they come out. They're just not, no. they're not performers. They're the Linda McMahons, like, you know. What I do love, though, particularly, is the guys who take advantage of the fact that there always seems to be a camera near them. Yeah. And the guys who just keep turning around and kind of saying something to the camera, like chundering, yeah. flares dead. Or, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Las Vegas Outlaws, you're going down, son. Personal foul happened then at one point. Yeah. The announcers claimed it was down and dirty, like the South. Because there are no rules in Southern America. No, no. That's uh, that's obvious. XFL and ABC spot, which has the brawl for all theme. Oh, dear. Yeah. And then we get a very unfortunate advert for the cheerleaders. Paula. Paula. The XFL on NBC. Hi, I'm Paula, and for the last 10 years, I've lived right here in Las Vegas. By day, I'm a law student, and at night, I'm an XFL cheerleader. By day, I'm a law student. By night, I'm an XFL cheerleader. And she takes off her hair tie and tries to shake her hair. It is the most unsexy thing ever. 
Now, I'll tell you, there's probably a lot of guys out there who've got a cheerleader fetish. Yeah. But I think there's probably a lot more people out there who've got the opposite of an XFL cheerleader yeah. fetish. If you find out that someone is like... I'll be honest, if you if I'm on a, on a hot date with a lady and she's like, I'm actually a law student, I'd be, I'd be like, fuck, wow, that's really amazing and yeah. impressive. They're like, I'm an XFL cheerleader as well, though. I'd be like, could we talk about the law and stuff? <laughs> what kind of law? Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking about the XFL, please. Now uh, we'll be honest here. We uh, we did skim through the uh, the second quarter. Well, my theory was as follows, which was we could watch the first quarter of play, okay, get an idea and a feel first. Then we would watch the halftime, and then we would watch the last quarter of play to see what it's like when it's rounding up. Be honest, folks, we didn't want to spend three hours watching football. Yeah, this was two and a half hours of boring, boring yeah. football. We cut to a quick montage of tackles. And you were Rusty, actually quite impressed with those. They were very impressive, and they were all from the game that was happening, and also the game that was happening simultaneously over in Orlando, yeah. which had J.R. and King commentating on the Chi-Town Forces and Orlando Rage. I would have much preferred to watch that game. Yes, and uh, it looked like it was a lot more interesting, because there were, you know, first of all, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler in commentary, yeah. which I prefer then, I've had my fun at the fair and I'm not talking anymore, Jesse Ventoro yeah. and Tony Jabroni. Plus the score, like, at this point, it's 19-0. I know it's 9-0 at this point, I think. It's 9-0, yeah. yeah. and no scores, no nothing is happening. Cut to the other game, and the score at that point is 22, like... 22-29. Yeah, it's like 27-22 or something yeah. like that. So that like, looks like... Just straight away, that looks like a more exciting game to be watching. In, in, in a case of the grass is always greener, but when you've got a high-scoring game and Jim Ross going, Good God Almighty! The XFL! The XFL! The XFL! Oh, we've got to watch this. Seriously, got to watch this. We finally get a touchdown by our Las Vegas Outlaws, who then fuck up the second one and get a massive boo. Yeah. Really huge boo. We then cut to our halftime where we have Surly Stone Cold Steve Austin appearing on the Titan Tron. Again, being incredibly insincere. I hear the guy who runs NFL, Paul Tagliabue, said that the XFL is a non-issue. A non-issue? Hell, I think that's an insult to football fans everywhere and an insult to the men knocking heads on the football field. You know, Mr. Tagliabue, you might be careful of that non-issue, just might bite you on your ass. And that's the bottom line, cause Stone Cold said so. He cusses out the NFL president saying, They claim that the XFL is going to be a non-issue. Well, let me tell you something, that may come back to bite you on the ass. And that's the bottom line, cause Stone Cold says the XFL is going to be really super successful and popular. And totally financially <laughs> viable. In kayfabe, shouldn't Steve Austin hate the XFL? Yes. It's run by Vince. Unless, uh, before Austin turns heel at 17, this is, the, you know, the, the beginnings of the end, you know. Seriously. This is him sort of slowly joining sides. He starts off by not being entirely opposed to the idea of Vince McMahon having a football league, and yeah. then he joins, souls, joins with the devil himself, yeah. you know. Um, I was... <laughs> Quite deflated thinking, geez, The Rock and Austin, they seem so unenthused. And we get to halftime. It's 19-0 at this 19-nil. point. 19-0. That score will not change. No, it doesn't change. And we skipped quarters two and three because we were at the idea that we'll go to quarter four and see kind of how this gets wraps, up. wraps up and all that. So before we get to quarter four, though, we get another interview of a wrestler. Yeah. Really wouldn't have thought we would have seen Undertaker. You've done it now. Yeah. 
might say I'm a gambling man, which means I fit right in out here in Las Vegas. Some people are asking me whether the XFL will be a success. Well, here's a tip from me, The Undertaker. Don't bet against it. I, I, I don't know who, if they were going to have multiple guys, like maybe Triple H. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to use the faces, though. But, like, faces. but Undertaker seems like a really weird one to do. I mean, at least now he's in, he's Biker Taker. If this was like big evil, <laughs> like, this like, would have been surreal to have. But yeah, it's like a lightning like, strike the it, field goal post. Like. It makes a little bit more sense of Biker Taker, but it's still weird for The Undertaker to give, like cut a promo about how much he likes the XFL. Undertaker says he's a gambling man and he says will the XFL become an incredibly successful promotion well I'm a gambling man and I say don't bet against us well the Undertaker is now bankrupt I mean it says a lot about the frail almost childlike psyche and ego of Vince McMahon that he has to round up all of his top WWF stars and make them say the XFL is going to be a success. But then if, keep going on in press conferences that we don't want to be compared to it. Like, it's so stupid. It's, it's, it's so weird that he's doing it this way. It's like Vince McMahon is like walking around back saying, going, yeah, XFL's hemorrhaging money. Oh no, I'm having a panic attack. Quick, get me the champion. Tell me it's going to be successful. <laughs> tell me it's going to make money. Uh, it's going to make money, Vince. Ah, I need someone who's a bigger draw to tell me it's going to make money. They follow the players into the locker room at halftime as well. Yeah. And again, they were like, this is going to be unprecedented access. You're going to see what you what the NFL don't want you to see. Apparently what the NFL don't want you to see are a bunch of tired, sweaty men sitting down. Sitting down. And Rusty Tillman looking even more agitated. Yeah. He says, keep in mind, this is the debut game of the fucking XFL. And Rusty Tillman turns to the fucking interviewer and he says, his team is beating itself. Yeah. That is not why we have tuned in to watch is a team the, the coach. self-destructing. Yeah. That's not football, surely. No. I want to see a team beat another team. I'm like, if you're going to say that, say that at the end of the game. Don't say it. Like, it's like, if you're saying that at half-time or through the, like, that, you know, the, the team that you are the coach of are playing like shit, which in fairness they are. Yeah, they are. And, but they're, they're being booed though, Billy. Maybe yeah. they're going to sneak like, off for a quick three count at the end, like hold on to the tights <laughs> and get a touchdown. But they're not going to do better, are they? No. Then if you if you're saying, oh yeah, they're playing like shit, that's not going to make them go. Oh, we'll show the coach. I've got a feeling that the unprecedented all-access access that Vince McMahon has given us is just going to result in a bunch of upset New York footballers. Yeah, it is. <laughs> No score in the entirety of the third quarter. No. So no score in the entire third quarter, okay? And it was a lengthy quarter to get through. We then see in the end of the third quarter, things aren't looking very good as they're shooting out t-shirts to keep the fans happy. Yeah. And the Las Vegas cheerleaders are now wearing jackets because it's the fucking desert and yeah. February at nighttime. And I'll be honest, Billy... Their whoops and yes were a lot less enthusiastic as you just have 20 young women wishing they were somewhere else. Yeah. We're told then that we're going to nip on over. Just nip. Nip, nip on over to the uh, other game, the Chicago Enforcers versus the Orlando Rage. Just as the fourth quarter is starting, keep in mind the very quarter we were saying, right, we're going to watch this one full just to see what it's like. Because, you know, end game is usually when the kind of thing yeah. maybe kick off a bit. You know? Yeah, and, and we, we, get, we get over to there and then JR and King are commentating. What happens is Vince McMahon blows on his warp whistle and we just end up 
All of a sudden, we're we're in uh, Orlando zone. Yeah, and we don't go back. No. The last quarter of the debut game is a different of the XFL is the other game that is on. Yeah. Now, Jerry turns to us and says, you're here for the football, JR. I'm here for the cheerleaders. Ah, oh, I've missed Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> now, uh, as we can... That's that's not work, folks. That is a stone-cold shoot because Jerry Lawler says two words. He talks about the rain at one point. Saying, yeah. It's raining, but people are still enjoying football. Cheerleaders! Yeah! <laughs> and yeah, we were sat here this whole time going to go, okay... 20 minutes left of the video, got to cut back. 15 minutes left of the video, got to cut back. We cut back briefly to uh, the game that we started watching. When there is a minute and 20 seconds of play left, shows that there's still no score, then immediately goes back to the Chicago Orlando. What happens to the game? Like, we were we were sitting here, like, th- like they... We had to rewind because we were like, because you know, we were talking, so we kind of go, oh, maybe we missed something they're explaining that they're doing a simulcast. But literally, the guy... Jesse and Tony Jabroni say we're going to cut over just to check in check in we're going to check in to see what the score is and how we're getting on in Orlando and we don't go back no we we didn't know what happened here we like at first I thought that the rip I had was had gone wrong in the sense that the guy who recorded it was so bored by this game. He was flipping. But he was flipping, you know, like when you watch your rips for Raw and Yeah, and the Nitro. guy goes over to Raw and Nitro, yeah, yeah. So I thought maybe that had happened, but you found out that that was not the case. No, it was not. This was uh, what they decided to do. Vince, I mean, it had Vince written all over oh, it. Oh, yeah. This, this game, even though it's the debut, is boring, and it is boring. It is. It's low scoring, high penalty, high fuck up, high stop start. So for the last quarter, he just cuts to the, a game on the other side of the country, which has got a high score and has got interesting commentators. Yeah, and I'll be honest as well. Why you folks. wouldn't have that in the first place, I don't know. I mean, obviously you can't tell, you couldn't tell that the Orlando and Chicago were going to have a better game than the Hitmen and and the Outlaws. But surely you'd want to set up, setting up your brand and trying to get people in. I think you'd it like shows, JR and King. It shows a lack of confidence, however, when they elect to not show you the final quarter of the debut game. Yeah. That's the biggest indictment of the XFL. It really is. It, it would have been like if when they were doing WrestleMania 2, if halfway between Piper and Mr. T and it was shit, they just cut over and said, right, do Bundy and Hogan because yeah. people aren't buying this shit. And I'll be honest as well, Vince McMahon, fuck you for making this happen. You made me and Billy Keeble, who had cans of beer in our hands... Shout at a TV screen about the ludicrous display of the football. Yeah. You made that happen. And I can't sleep at night. <laughs> and then about 30 seconds left of play, but from the end of the Orlando-Chicago game, we get a small banner at the bottom saying, 19-0, final, final score. Final score. So we don't even see the last play. And we I'll see be, nothing. I'll be honest with you, when we're watching this Orlando and Chicago game and it's raining and there is more score and there is more action, you got JR, but I just can't help but think, seeing as I had invested emotionally, In the previous game. Billy, where's my football? Where is our football? Literally, place? where did it go? What did you do with it, old man? Give it back. I want my football. <laughs> Absolute insanity. It's the football burglar. He's taken your football away. I just can't comprehend why you do that. Just stick to your guns. Yeah, it's not a better game. Learn from that mistake and improve next time. Don't cut away because you're just going to make yourself look like a fucking chump. And And that's exactly what Vince did. This, This is 
for me, is clearly the beginning of the end. Well, I mean, what the problem as well is that, like, the way football... I mean, I don't know. I've never watched a football game before this. I've watched an American football game. But surely... It's just it's it's just as bad as having three quarters of a boring game as it is to give you one quarter of a really interesting game, yeah. which is finishing up. Yeah. Would you? I mean, because if I'm watching, I'm gonna go, oh, awesome, big score. This looks really interesting. Yeah, let's watch this. Would you not be pissed, surely, as a football fan, going, where the, I want to see these other three quarters? Yeah. You know, really confusing. I believe Orlando won in the end. Yeah, Orlando won. Orlando were undefeated the entire season. They were the, they were the, the the go-to guys. Yeah. Now, what we then watched after our first debut football game, which was technically two football games of the XFL, was highlights of the post-game conference with Vince, Dick, and Jesse facing uh, questions from the media. My wife is here, uh, but uh, I thought that there was a, a, the right compliment, you know, of, of sexuality. Uh, and a right compliment of confrontation, uh, the right compliment of really good uh, hard-hitting football. I think that what we were trying to do uh, was to show the passion of the players. And, and again, and I said in my opening remarks, you know, to, uh, we, we thank the players for allowing us to, to really experience their game. And I think that's what was done tonight on television. I think that the viewer experienced the game. Now, one of the main issues of the XFL was the fact that Vince was convinced that the mainstream sports media were looking down their nose at him. And they were. Yeah, they, they were. And I think the idea that people were kind of saying, oh, he's going to make it like kayfabe football. Yeah. That was all the likes of New York Times, Sports Illustrated, not doing their research and just making assumptions. And About that, Vince. That was not fair. That was not fair. That was not fair. It, he had a lot of detractors. And to his credit, he never did listen to those detractors. That's true, yeah. That... that that is both a bad thing and a good thing because there were sometimes people was just saying, you know, all right, Vince, if you if you truly do want to succeed in this, you've got to change things. Yeah. And he went, no, haters gonna hate. You're just saying that because you're a detractor. And he didn't listen. And I think that was the that was a big problem. That you know Vince what's has. really interesting about that? You know, at the end of the ECW documentary where Heyman is talking about you know when he got on on TV and all that stuff. And then Vince says, you know, I rang him up and I said, now you're catering to a different audience and you can't just go, you know, tunnel vision, do your vision, yeah. do what you want to do. You have to listen to the audience. And even though Vince here says nonstop he's listening to the audience, he did very much fall into that trap of tunnel vision, fuck the haters, and I'm not going to listen to anyone else no. other than me and my audience. When I say my audience, I really mean me. Yeah. And that is an issue here. What is quite hilarious is that within 10 seconds of this press conference starting, the first words out of Vince McMahon's mouth, who's got that kind of cat-like look on his face, was, I think we had the right complement of sexuality and confrontation in tonight's game. But the thing is that, that struck me about that sentence more was that what he said before it. My wife's here tonight. What? I think we balance that out as a sexuality and, and confrontation. And what I, the fuck does that mean, Vince? Vince, you've got a lot of sexuality. Where's the confrontation? Yeah. You're right, Linda. That's why I married you. You know, I just, the viewer experienced the game. Now we really actually didn't. We experienced three quarters of one and a quarter of another. Now there were some cuts in this press conference. Yeah, it was just highlights. It was. It was, it was usually whenever they cut to Dick. Like, who gives a shit about what Dick says? We want to listen to Jesse and we want to listen to Vince. Not once in the highlights do they mention that they 
cut the last quarter of the game. Yeah, I, again, I think... Not once. I think the issue was is because we sat down to watch XFL, and that yeah. was what was timetabled on, on NBC. And I assume the plan always was was to have a little bit of both games. Yeah. Now, I think because it was like, it was just XFL, we didn't sit down to watch XFL, this guy's versus this guy's. You know, I think on TV it would have been just as, as XFL. Yeah. Vince has got some seriously mad eyes. Yeah, every time he asks his, asks question, uh, gets asked questions, he turns his head to listen, and then he just like, his eyes pop out of his head a bit. He calls it an honest game. Yeah, the word honesty is really thrown around here. What does that mean? I mean, how can a football be dishonest? Hiding I don't the, know. Deflating the ball? Like, yeah, like, I, I really, really don't know what he means by honesty. Like, even as he explains what he means by honesty, I'm, I'm just not getting it. Yeah. He's saying it's an honest game. I don't know if that's because... It's just buzzwords. Yeah, Manage, I don't know if that's management because speak. we've got the cameras so we can talk to the coaches and... And the, we've got these. We're not hiding stuff. We're not you, hiding yeah. stuff. Everything's out in the open. You can see, like, we'll go up to the coach during a play and say, "What do you think of that? They fucked that up, didn't you?" They'll answer. What I'm most interested in finding out, and I would like people if you could tweet in and let us know about this, was is this whole kind of we've hit a fucking we've hit a brick wall with the bullshit of the NFL. We all want change. Was that actually a thing? Because I looked up and the NFL and the start of 2000 were literally on top of the world. More money, yeah. internet was meaning that they were making you know more exposure, people were being paid more, the quality of the game was, was seemingly at an all-time high. But Vince McMahon, I really do think when I'm watching these press conferences, invented this problem. Yes. Like he's saying that people were sitting around going, God damn it, these N- this NFL... These they're lying to us. Yeah, this he, is such a dishonest game. He, like he calls them um, old farts and say we're all about the capitalism. Like uh, Vince, decrying, capitalist McMahon. Yeah, like. Vince decrying capitalism is ridiculous. Serious, but I mean, I do think that he tried to create this distrust or make people think that yeah, you've hated NFL for years. Yeah, the way they lie to you, they don't even show you the cheerleaders' locker rooms. Those lying yeah. liars who lie to us. They come on the ball, but they don't even tell you about it. We do. <laughs> it's good, honest, locally sourced semen on this ball. <laughs> Dick Ebersol, who looks kind of like Donald Trump with his ill-fitting hat, claims that the XFL is budgeted for two years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-uh. No, it's not. And a reminder: this is you know this is a startup. This is our very first year, you know, and you know we're going to make a few mistakes along the way, and when we do, big deal. So we get knocked on our keister. We just get right back up, dust ourselves off, you know, and we'll say, okay, we won't make that mistake again. And we continue to listen to the audience, and that's what we're all about. We really could care less about the negative criticism from the media. We really care about what the audience thinks. So we will be listening to the audience, polling the audience, not necessarily reading the papers tomorrow, to find out what they think, what they like, what they want more of, or what they want less of. And Vincent Mann with the line of the night, you know what? We're gonna make mistakes. Big deal. We'll just stand up, brush ourselves off, carry on. We're gonna stand up, brush yourselves off, declare bankruptcy, yeah. and move on. Yeah. You did do that, Vince. You just left out that little bit we added in there. Vince then gets really hot and bothered when the reporter asks why there was a lot less showmanship. The reporter was like, you know, we didn't see any kind of you know dancing when they yeah. do touchdown. That is a thing in the NFL. The, yeah, the, the not, not all the time. But some guys are known so, for that. Some guys are known for it, yeah. And I think maybe it was the fact that no one 
who had like a gimmick scored a touchdown tonight. But Vince, Jesse, and Dick all got really hot. They're like, "Oh, if they started dancing, you'd compare us to the WWF. We're not the WWF. We told you. Why do you keep comparing us to the WWF? Write Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Tell them we're not the WWF. The bottom line is, you know. No, it's it's really strange. I mean, um, I suppose you wouldn't have got the dancing anyway, purely because of how the touch. I think it was only two touchdowns of the game, and then the rest were field extra goals. points yeah, yeah. And, and field goals. But both of the touchdowns in this game were very... They weren't dance-worthy. They weren't dance-worthy. It wasn't like, like you'll holy get a shit. Dance if you have a guy run 50 yards all the way to the end zone, like, that's incredible. You'll, you'll, you'll yeah. get a guy getting really excited. He's dodged, like, six guys who are all jumping at his feet. Dance. That's your dance reward. At the end. These guys are just like, oh, catch the ball. Splash. Splat. Yeah, I've got a touchdown. Woo. Yeah. Dancey dance, dance. Yeah, and that's all you get from these touchdowns in this game. So, the post-game conference ends up. Spears were riding high. They got nearly 14 million viewers for the debut game of the XFL, mm -hmm. which for a startup league and one which got no coverage at all, really, in like the likes of Sports Illustrated or the big um, sports media outlets. And you just had people saying, you know, en masse, this is going to be shit, don't watch it. Mm. That was an achievement. And I think when they sat down there with their 14 million viewers and their full stadiums, two full stadiums, and a locker room full of guys who probably were quite happy that they got to go out and play football, you could see why they thought that they were onto a sure thing. Yeah. However, much like ECW on Sci-Fi in 2006, the inquisitive people who wanted to see what the fuck was going on that first week didn't come back for the second week. Yeah. And even less for the third and the fourth week. Would you like to take a guess at the viewer percentage... The drop of percentage? The, 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 from after week four, yeah. how far it, it had gone, the, the viewership had gone down in four weeks. Halved, maybe? 71%. What? Of its television watching A quarter audience. of that. 71%. And it kept going down, did it? Not that it went down to 71%. There was... 71% of that audience. was 29. But like, and it kept going down, I assume, until yeah. the end. Because I know that the last watch game was the lowest rated. Yeah. Which was kind of sad. What we then watched was... Right, it was... When I found it, I, when I was getting all the videos we were going to watch, I just essentially typed XFL into YouTube and I just found some stuff and I uh, thought we could talk about it. I found a video called Worst Halftime Football Stunt in History. And I know that halftime shows in football are a big, big thing. Yeah. And I was bitterly disappointed in the match we watched when there wasn't a halftime no, show. it got edited out, presumably. Or there wasn't one. You yeah. Know, either or, they didn't have a halftime on, on what we watched. But then Billy found a video which was entitled... The worst halftime show ever. I deliberately didn't watch this. I didn't watch any of this. I watched this all with Kevin. And this is incredible. Billy, to put it quite frankly, this is the XFL. Those of you who thought we might have sold out a few weeks ago and hit rock bottom were wrong. To help us get there completely, let's check in with Fred Rogan. Some have called it an unprecedented television event. Others have called it a desperate ploy to increase sagging ratings. In any event, XFL founder, chairman, and noted racketeer, noted raconteur, Vince McMahon has ordered a camera into the locker room of the Orlando Rage cheerleaders at halftime to capture the essence of whatever it is they do. Bev, how do you feel about a camera being in your locker room? Great. They bring the cameras in the players' locker rooms. It's time they brought them into the cheerleaders' locker rooms. We get in there, we just get comfortable, and we want to oh, take off. Don't tell them about that. 
their ratings were tanking. Yeah. Tanking hard. And they started running spots and ads. And, you know, Vince used to always take advantage of the fact that he had a lot of people watching Raw still. Raw was still riding quite high in the ratings. And he was putting on ads which were saying, hey, what's the XFL? An ad ran out which was, which was very strange. The ad had cheerleader turn to camera going, you know, we know a lot of people sat down and watched the first XFL game were really excited. And then we know that most of you stopped watching. Mm. So they're, first of all, they're being very frank and foremost saying that we know that we've lost 71% of our audience. But we're going to reward those who've stayed. And then the cheerleader went on to explain that on the next game that was going to be on, the next football game, okay, that they were going to have a locker room camera for the cheerleaders. And yeah. in the ad, it was all like girls and towels going, yeah. and you're like, oh man! <laughs> 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 Pterodactyl Lola right there. <laughs> you know, so uh, obviously the idea was, guys, if you tune into the XFL yeah. this week, you're going to have a wank. Yeah, if you're going to tune in to watch Orlando Rage play, you're going to have a good time. Because yeah, the Orlando Rage cheerleaders are going to get the kiss off for yeah, you. Yeah, going to get their money out. So cheerleaders in the locker room. And it's a desperate ploy to increase stagging ratings. And you know what? Just because... They had the announcer ironically go, well, this is a desperate point to increase ratings. Doesn't change the fucking fact that it was a desperate boy to increase sagging ratings. That being said, I am so happy that we watched this. Oh, God. Vince McMahon, we have been revealed, has ordered, ordered there to be a camera put in the cheerleaders' locker room. And Vince McMahon comes out and he's like strolling out going... You know, we're going to have a camera inside your locker room, girls. And the girls are like, oh, but we take our clothes off in there. Woo. Exactly. And I'm going to look at you. I'm going to look at you and all of America is going to look at you. And then one other person is going to uh, look at them. Yeah, it's a man a, by the name of Bruno. A, a, a misshapen potato of a man. He is one of the cameramen. Constantly being made fun of by the commentators for looking like Uncle Fester from the Adams Family. Vince clearly just said, line up all the production staff. Give me the weirdest looking <laughs> son of a bitch that's there. I want someone who I'm going to laugh at when I see them in the girls' locker room. So he's got like all the protective gear on him, like Vince Russo about to win the WCW Championship. And uh, Vince gives him a pep talk. Yeah, like you need a pep talk. Where the hell have you been? I got here as quick as I could. As quick as you could. Yeah. Do you realize this moment? Do you realize how big this moment is? Yes, sir. Do you realize this is our blatant attempt to increase television ratings tonight? Absolutely. And you got here as quick as you could. Are you nervous? Yeah. Well, You're yeah. nervous? Yeah. You're nervous? A little. Uh, look, sit down. Chill out for a second. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Right. You can't be nervous. You can't blow this opportunity. Your trigger figure's got to be steady, okay? Right. You've got to give me what they're going to give us inside. Take your helmet off, will you? Just calm down, relax from you're sweating like a pig. Look at you. Look at you. You're nervous. Here, have some water. Take a sip of water. Cool off for a couple of minutes, okay? Just cool down. Are you ready? Yes, sir. You're certain? Absolutely. You're no longer nervous. Not a bit. Then let's do it. Alright. Because on the other side of this door. On the other side of that door is sheer paradise. Now then, I want you to get in there and I want you to go get me some ratings. 
Really seemed like. Do you remember? I can't remember even. What was it? Was it SummerSlam where Vince gave mankind Man, destiny was, on a silver platter? It was, it, that is exactly like more or less word for word what he was telling Bruno. Yeah. But instead of mankind trying to win the tag team championship, Bruno's going to see some naked ladies. Yeah, he's going to see he some. Gives him the same pep talk. Same style of pep talk, and Vince is with Bruno outside the cheerleaders' locker room. That is a giant sign that says "positively no admittance." <sighs> Bruno was sent off on his quest with the depressing adage from Vince McMahon, now go get me some ratings. Yeah. Uh, Bruno bops his head yeah, and passes Yeah, Bruno immediately out. runs into the door and knocks him out. Does Vince McMahon call him to scream nerds? Yeah, yeah. He just said, he walks off and says nerds. After nerds. He just leaves Bruno unconscious on the floor. And this is where well, things become so WWF it's insane. This goes beyond WWF, Billy. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, folks, for the first time in a podcast and the first time ever, you have a dream sequence in the middle of a football game. Yeah. Wake up! Wake up. Hello. Are, Are you okay? okay? A dream sequence. A dream sequence where it seems as if the writers of the dream sequence couldn't decide if they are going to A, show boobs, or B, Go off the wall and fucking the but monkeys they in got, heads. They, they got David Lynch in for this. They, a little bit from column A and a little yeah. bit from column B. Because you've got Twister and there's loads of bikini babes, and but you, also a gorilla. Yeah, you get people dressed as animals and just standing still looking at the camera. We get the noises of squealing pigs. Pig bears. You've got like kind of, they've got curly hair and then pig masks. It's at the end of the fucking Shining. And then uh, cheerleaders playing poker with the devil. A dominatrix lady with a bunny hopping beside her. And unfortunately... Oh no, Billy! You are... <laughs> Look what I have to go through. They told me to come clean. I tell you, when I played football, I got no respect at all. I shared a locker with a mutt. Yeah, I was a quarterback and it was rough. I kept falling in love with the center. Hey, where's my wife? I can hit my wife, where is she? Rodney Dangerfield, in his pants, comes out of the ladies' shower. Rappin' Rodney, got no respect. I had no idea about this thing. Me and you, as soon as we saw Rodney, Rodney walk out, we paused this and we had to have a little cry. This footage was as hastily filmed as it was devised. Yeah. But words cannot begin to describe the thought process of Vince McMahon in a room going, and then Rodney fucking Dangerfield comes out, huh? In his and, pants. And he's got his pants, huh? He's got no respect, huh? Come on, ratings. He just makes like the, the Rodney Dangerfield type one-liners about football. I got no respect because I'm playing football. Football got no respect. I don't respect you. It's so weird. And then... Cut back to reality. Cut back to Reno, uh, reality. Bruno's being uh, woken up by the cheerleaders. Uh, we then get the entire punchline of this skit. Which, in fairness, I've been here before. You know, I've somebody you know, maybe did a little, you know, some comedy and yeah. sketch stuff. And you did happen sometime before. You've got a funny act, a funny process, a funny character. You've got a funny idea, but you don't have a funny punchline. So uh, Vince has that idea. He's essentially going to chase the girls away or they'll be fired if they don't go to the field and dance. And then he just stops slapping the shit out of Bruno. Like, this is 
This is assault. You. You. You ruined this whole damn thing for me. Look at you. Wake up. Wake up. I said, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Now get up and get out there. Come on. Get up. Get up. Now get out of it. Like, get out of the field! Take your helmet with you! Like, he's not like this. Isn't this isn't a work? He's, he's slapping. He throws a bottle at him, slap him around the head. Throws a, a throws a football helmet at him. Like, and then it just ends. A bloody end for Bruno. Like. The, the punchline of the skit is Vince McMahon assaulting a a, a, a worker. You know what this is, reminds me of? Vince McMahon is uh, Agent Michael Scarn, like shooting yeah. everyone. Agent Michael Scarn, boom, boom, <laughs> you're all dead, boom. Vince McMahon can't end a sketch of killing someone or beating someone up. Yeah. And then to end this, we cut back to what looks, like, even by his standards. In terms of sour faces, this looks like I've walked into the middle of the desert and they won't even let me in to look at the weather machine. Yeah. This is Jesse Ventura on his worst day, turns and says, it's typical Vince McMahon. Everything he touches turns to you know what. And his eyes say shit. Yeah. Oh. XFL by May 2001 was G O N E. Hemorrhaging $35 million for each of its investors, wasting that $100 million that went in to fund the whole fucking thing, mocked resolutely by the media, yeah. very quietly wrapped up with the ending, the, uh, the final game of the season. Do you know what the name of the final game of the season was, Billy? I couldn't even tell. It'll be, it'd be something like a shit wrestling pay-per-view. Like, you know, one of those backyard wrestling... <laughs> Like, really stupidly long ones. Now, it was referred to colloquially as the million dollar game, but the official title was the big game at the end of the season. Oh, no. See, we're not lying to you by telling you it's a Super Bowl. It's not, there's nothing super, there's no bowls. It's the big game at the end of the season, huh? But, like, this was it, this was going down from the very beginning. Like, I've, I've read it, a really interesting thing. So, Lorne Michaels, the creator of SNL, he forced NBC to stop broadcasting the games because it was losing at 11 audience, p.m. Yeah. because it was forcing SNL to run 45 minutes late. So they were just losing money and it was hurting their ratings. Yeah. So Lorne Michaels, I didn't know he had that much. Well, if he's the head guy yeah. of SNL, that's like, he just shows. went to NBC and said, "All right, finish these games by 11 p.m." Don't have them after. Fucking hell. And the other nail in the coffin as well was at UPN, who were running SmackDown at the time and also XFL programming, went to Vince McMahon and said... said we'll f- do, hold the rest of the season. Well, but they say that unless they cut SmackDown down to 90 minutes instead of two hours because of the amount of time that Vince was going over with these games, mm. that, yeah, they, they would hold up the rest of the season. And Vince McMahon found those terms unacceptable. That, that actually was what... I think what you said with SNL, that was probably what forced NBC to yeah. say, fuck it. But what it was for Vince was him not wanting to give up the second hour of SmackDown. Yeah. Which is somewhat honourable because he's still considered that Vince maybe he'd seen at that point it's like this isn't working the bread and butter is wrestling but, but wrestling is where wrestling is my home I can do wrestling I don't want to compromise on on that to go from 14 million viewers to less than 3 in the final game is yeah. really sad yeah and to think that all of this was going on okay the division of the game the concept of XFL was coming up in mid to late 2000 okay but in terms of Feet on the ground, an actual football league happening. You're talking January to May 2001. And what is that? That is the final run of the Attitude Era. That is, critically speaking, 
You know, just from a standpoint of people who say this is the best, you'll be hard-pressed to find anyone who, who says there's a time period of better wrestling than early right. 2001 and the build-up to WrestleMania 17. In terms of the money they were making, the houses they were making, you know, when they were touring it around live, the pay-per-view buys, the ticket sales, the merch sales, you had Austin on top, Rock on top, Taker on top, Kurt Angle on top, Triple H on top, everyone was on top, and this was going on hemorrhaging money do you, do you think this had something to do with the how the sort of the downturn absolutely in in WWF it, then there's no way it couldn't have had at least it did two things number one it depleted a lot of the war chest yeah because obviously they went public a lot of money came in okay and a lot of that money went straight back out on two things which is one the XFL and two WWF New York that fucking yeah. restaurant which actually probably in the end lost more money I think overall. Probably, yeah. But between those two things, when the downturn did happen, the downturn was coming. I think it just meant that the coffers were a bit bare. The war chest was a little less full. And that they probably could have used that money for other things. Like a continued boom. You could have maybe purchased some of those AOL Time Warner contracts, yeah. gotten Hogan and Bischoff and Flair and, you know, and Goldberg. That money... You know, I'm not saying that was a better expenditure of the money, but I think that, you know, 10 million maybe to guarantee yourself that your invasion storyline is going to have some oomph might have been better spent. Because in retrospect, the XFL has no value. No, not not whatsoever. No one was buying XFL football shirts, ironically. XFL is not available on the network. There's no XFL Bring It Back. There's no XFL podcast. No. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, as it goes with the Rage Party, that when you search for XFL, one of the first things that was going to come up now is this review of the XFL. Yeah, That's always patting yourselves on the back. That's just saying that no one gives a fuck about the XFL. So in that sense, it would have been worth spending that money on another thing. On talent, on purchasing video libraries, on starting a video-on-demand service. Yeah, I think it definitely did play a, a yeah. part in the downfall. Because in 2002, when the money started getting tighter... That's when the real problem started. In terms of Vince McMahon, he admitted that it was a failure, but he thinks that it still could work. That his idea it, of... On paper, it is a good idea, Sam. I think it could work. I think if Vince wanted to, now that he's older and wiser, I guess, if you can debate that... I think he's older, I mean, older and less wise, mm. to be honest now. I think he could. I think with the help that he has got at the moment from all sponsors and stuff, the sponsors they had. I think if Vince wanted to, he, there's a, I think there's a good possibility he could bring the XFL back and it could be popular. What, what they, I mean, they could never call it the XFL. Though, no, no, they'd have to change the name. You know what they need to do? And this is a fucking complete, I don't know anything about football or how it works, folks. This could be completely wrong. But it strikes me that trying to compete and be at the same level as the NFL as a startup company means you've got a huge mountain to climb. Yeah. Whereas maybe if they wanted to have a different style of play, different emphasis, give you know different guys a chance, why not go for kind of an NXT type thing? Yeah. Where you get maybe some of the college cast-offs, you have a different style, smaller scale, okay, but you try and promote it as being different and more for this type of fan. Yeah. And then those guys could eventually maybe go on to the NFL or whatever. Yeah. You know, you could use your links with universities like, you know, Full Sail or whatever. You know, that's just an example. Obviously, Full Sail. That could work. That, I would watch that. Yeah. But that's a saying you're creating another minor league then. Mm. I don't think Vince McMahon didn't want to have a minor he league. He wants to be the top. He wanted to be the top, you know. 
And people will talk about Vince McMahon beating WCW and ECW and the government and all like that. But you know what? Vince McMahon, his greatest opponent, monetarily speaking, was himself. Yeah. And the biggest blow that Vince McMahon has ever been dealt was usually his own doing. Yeah. This World Bodybuilding Federation, you know, Vince McMahon likes to spend money on things that... He's passionate about, but he doesn't know enough about to do. Yeah, I think that's really it. I think a fitting way to end this one... This is like a, a... I've taken a few paragraphs out for the sake of time, but this is a review called Rip XFL by Hunter S. Thompson. Something I never thought I would find yeah. when doing my research. I love doing this podcast. It's because he's friends with Ventura. Oh, of course, yeah. Off the grid. <laughs> I was going to write a treatise on the meaning of life this week, but I put it aside at the last moment when I got a tip that this might be the last chance I'll ever get to write anything about the XFL, except in an obituary. <laughs> the Doom League's TV ratings slipped at another 25% for the weekend, down 71% in the four quick weeks since opening day, and that steep slide is fatal. The horrible reality of suddenly being stone broke and homeless is more than most people in the country can handle. They will literally seize up and go mad. Your everyday nervous breakdown is nothing compared to the hopeless craziness of a man who woke up in the morning as a prince and went to bed as a toad. That is a guaranteed overweening shock to the central nervous system. If you don't go insane from suddenly having to see everything in the world from a point only two inches high, your brain will be churned into cream by having to crawl headfirst with your eyes open down a muddy hole in the ground just to have a place to sleep. Nobody could handle a situation like that. It is unacceptable. It is worse than any dream that ever happened in the worst and most tortured hallucinations ever suffered by the most pitiful LSD victim. I spent a lot of time with Allen Ginsberg and I have swapped gruesome tales over whiskey at night with William Burroughs. And neither one of them had ever mentioned a vision so horrible as being instantly changed from a rich and powerful human like Donald Trump into a common leaping toad. Yet that is exactly what happens to people in the world who lose 71% of their customers in four weeks. They seize up and go crazy. Out of personal loyalty to Jesse Ventura, I tried to watch the XFL clash on Saturday, but by half-time my heart was swollen with hate. It was like watching a festival of shame taking place in a blinding rainstorm. Some fool from NBC appeared to have smeared Vaseline on the camera lens to make it waterproof. It was like watching a game underwater and never really knowing the score. The weird thing about the XFL is that nobody except Vince McMahon was anxious to see it born and nobody except the cheerleaders will miss it when it's gone. There is no way to explain why it ever happened at all, except that some cluster of corporate thugs in the TV business figured that they were in desperate need of a tax write-off. It was not even good entertainment, much less good football. Not even a drastic rise in the lewdness level can save the league now. That might have worked a few weeks ago, but not now. The sudden appearance of live sex orgies and murderous gang fights on TV every Sunday would be too much for the public to accept all at once. Not even the Clinton White House would have tolerated it, and Bush would have called out the National Guard. There is something far out of whack in a nation that would banish a low-rent spectacle like the XFL from its TV screens, but eagerly looks forward to a public execution at high noon the next day. It raises disturbing questions. <laughs> and many disturbing questions were raised by the XFL. Thanks very much, folks, for listening to this very special bonus episode of the Attitude Era podcast. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at AE Podcast. Keep in touch as we live tweet raw pay-per-views and other events on the network and facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. 
Keep in touch, send us a message. Fan art, goofs and gaffs all over there. Of course, if you're listening on SoundCloud, iTunes or on Stitcher, be sure you're subscribed to get all our episodes to you directly. Go back and check out all our other episodes and leave a rating or review if you want to help us out immeasurably in the old algorithm that is the iTunes charts. If you want to get some videos, head over to youtube.com forward slash AE podcast to check out some clips and highlights of previous episodes. And do check out our Vine, which is linked to the Twitter account that was mentioned earlier. If you're in the market for a wrestling fanzine and like the style and tone of this show, Calling Spots subscriptions are available from as little as £2 on callingspots.com. And if you are a fine purveyor of stuff and things like I am, head over to botchamania.com. Find some lovely stuff and things there. I like to, <laughs> st- something I'd like to mention about stuff and things. I've not mentioned it before. Yeah. Uh, a few months ago, somebody on Twitter pointed out that your friend from Cinema Swirl, Mark Mode, yeah. and Simon Mayo, yeah. have started using the phrase "things and stuff." Fuck off on their radio show. Fuck off. My lawyers will be contacting them. Commode, you son of a bitch! This Sunday in Las Vegas, Nevada, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you! I can't tell you how angry I am. I'm, the, the kettle's boiled, I'm yeah. just saying. So that, now that's two thirds of this podcast, which now have beef with Mark Camo. For fuck's sake, that's bullshit. That's BS. He's got to marry Adam's mum now. <laughs> be his new stepdad. <laughs> if you want to support the AE podcast and give out monetarily, you can support us greatly by heading over to selfie.com forward slash AE podcast. Our wrestling commentary tracks are available to download now for $5 or £3. You download the MP3 and then watch it alongside your movie or event network special. All alongside, hear us talk over the likes of Beyond the Mash, Wrestling with Shadows, Stone Age Smackdown, Scooby-Doo and the WrestleMania Mystery, or CM Punk. Best in the world with more being added soon. And if you want to show you're a hardcore member of the Gladgate community, get yourself a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash AE podcast. Well, that's going to do it this time for me, Kevin. And me, Billy. We'll catch you next time the Hell podcast when there'll be no more fucking football and we'll be checking out No Way Out 2001. <laughs>